0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the sermon series entitled, Faith is a Victory, with Part 4. If you have your Bible with you, turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. Now here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Well, we have been speaking to you about faith. And uh, I said this morning, there is no point in hearing only. There is no point in meeting with the doctor and getting prescription. You must fill the prescription. You must take medicine in prescribed doses for a prescribed period of time. There is no spiritual healing when we do not believe the word. And belief always is obedience. Belief is not empty. It is obedience. By faith, Abraham obeyed. So we are speaking about faith, persevering faith, obedient faith, living faith, Faith that works. Now why do I say that? Because there is a view of faith that is empty of obedience, empty of deeds. And then we began speaking about how to fight unbelief, which is likened to aphids, which sucks the juices of a tender plant. We dealt with uh, guilt, false as well as real guilt, and we dealt with regrets. Remember that we did deal with that, and have to fight against regrets. And this morning we spoke about anxiety, and I'm not going to repeat these things. And I have given you how to deal with anxiety, and. Um, So add faith to the word and use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to deal with anxiety. And we will deal with many other aspects of unbelief. But today we want to speak to you from Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 10. And the subject is the opposite of anxiety. The subject is contentment. Are you a person who is content? It is uh, the Stoics and the Cynics had an understanding of contentment, out our care, contentment, which has to do with independence from all situations. Or it is called self-sufficiency. It is the stiff upper lip. It is sheer willpower. Socrates practiced this autarkia, self-sufficiency, this independence, by drinking the poison. St. Paul uses the same word, but he means something different, contentment. It is certainly freedom from all situations, but it is not self-sufficiency as the cynics and the Stoics understood. In this passage, Philippians 4, 10 through 13 will tell you the understanding of St. Paul in terms of contentment. Now when we speak about contentment or be content, we get the idea we put up with, we endure it. What else can we do? Well, that's not the idea. Contentment here means satisfaction, happiness. Irrespective of situations, I am happy. I am satisfied. You were hungry and you came to my house and we gave you food and we are very generous. And you ate, and you ate, and then finally you say what? You say, I'm I'm full, I'm content. So it is not just, well, I'm putting up with. Jesus Christ is not making you to endure, to put up with. He makes us happy. He makes us full. He makes us satisfied. You understand that? And if you are not satisfied and if you are a slave to circumstances then you pay attention because I am going to give you the key to contentment as it is disclosed in this passage. And I have a suspicion that there are people here who are not content with their situation in life, the way they look, with their children, with their job, with their health, a discontent. If you are not content, then the Lord Jesus will make you happy. He doesn't want us to be not what? Content. He desires to make you happy. At least we are told in His presence there is fullness of joy on his right hand, pleasures forevermore. So we are not called to endure and put up with and be miserable for Jesus' sake. That is not the gospel. The gospel makes you happy. And so let's turn to this uh, passage, Philippians chapter 4. And let's picture in our mind in terms of the situation and condition in which the author was living and you know Saul of Tarsus he was, his father was a Roman citizen and he was born a citizen of Rome very rich person, highly privileged Many slaves in the house to take care of every aspect of his life. Highly educated, University of Tarsus. And graduate studies, the University of Jerusalem. Under the famous professor called Gamaliel. A world traveler, highly sophisticated tastes in everything. The Lord called him, and he is now in a prison, deprived of everything. Now imagine that your kids, you take away from your kids designer water, designer cell phone, designer computer. Take away from him the food, the bed the clothing everything that you need is taken away deprived well we have serious problem just take away the cell phone then you find out the the misery and the frustration and the and the anger and the angst let alone everything else is taken your clothes are taken away from you and you are put in chains Maybe a soldier on one side, another on the other side. Chain two these soldiers. World traveller, no freedom, you cannot move. You cannot go to the bathroom without special permission. And then soldiers come with you. There is no privacy. And you are thrown into a dungeon, damp. No warmth, no light. And we were there in Rome. Some of you may remember. We saw something similar to that. The privileged, highly educated Roman citizen is thrown into that damp place in chains without any comfort. So we have to picture that in our mind. And he is writing this letter to the Philippians. And he tells the Philippians in chapter 4 Rejoice I say again rejoice They were not deprived of, deprived of anything They were fighting You are dear and sin Turkey; They cannot get along And here the man tells them To rejoice I say again rejoice This is Christianity I said contentment is not putting up with something it is inexpressible joy in God so he says in verse 10 I rejoice greatly it's a better translation than ESV I rejoiced greatly people come and tell me ESV is the way to go well I happen to know Greek and I translate so, this is a better translation. I rejoice greatly. Now, stop there. Who is speaking? I just gave you a, a picture of this man deprived of everything. He has nothing in a dungeon, chained to soldiers. No food, no clothing, no design, or anything. And he says, "I rejoice." No, what does he say? "I rejoice greatly in spite of circumstances that are extremely depriving and terrible." I rejoice greatly in the Lord, and we'll come to that. That is the key: "ento curio" in the Lord. I look at young people I look at other people I could see boredom in their face they have they given everything and yet bored bored to death and we take them here we take them there take them to a cruise if you want to buy everything closet full of clothes bored this is a curse in this country In spite of everything, people are bored. But here a man deprived of everything, especially his freedom, his privacy, he writes in the Holy Spirit, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. That at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11, I'm not saying this, not this, because I am in need. That's an amazing statement. Don't ever think, Philippians, that I'm in need. And today people come and raise money, 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 money. But St. Paul will never tell anybody about his need we pretend and we think that money will solve all our problems and will give us happiness if only we raise money he says what don't ever think I am in need I am not in need I am not sending monthly circular letter to give me money isn't that a a statement, a declaration that shocks us how can you say that it may be you are unreal, you are not telling the truth maybe that's the case he's not telling the truth, is that what it is He is telling the truth, asked an apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ writing under the full inspiration of the Holy Spirit I don't want you to think that I'm in need And I'm looking for your gift money or your donation. Feeling sorry for me? No, don't you ever feel sorry for me. I'm not in need. Now he tells us something, pay attention to it. He made a declaration that I'm not in need, and he supports it with this argument. For I have learned. Christian life is a life of learning to be content. If you are not content, then you are not learning well. I have learned. And that learning is a process. It's not just one moment. And one time, one day, you learn everything. God will take you through various experiences in order to teach you contentment, satisfaction, happiness. I have learned. He doesn't say, I am learning. See, his learning is over, he finished it, he graduated. And he knows it now. How to be what? Content. When deprived of everything. We tend to think a little more money. A little more money will do it. What we need is a little more money. A bigger house. A newer car. A better phone better clothes better bed if only we can have it then we would be happy we try to find happiness in things I have learned after many years he completed the learning he completed learning and he has the skill He has the ability. And what is the ability? To be content. Whatever the circumstances. This autarkia. This sufficiency. This independence from all situations. That I do not depend on situations for my what? Happiness. Why is that? Situations change. Situations are undependable. And so, he has learned what it means to be free, to be independent of changing situations. He learned to be happy, to be satisfied, to be full, in spite of circumstances. Isn't that our problem? Why are we unhappy? Why are we discontent? because some situation changed and our happiness is gone and the reason is we have not learned we must learn the lesson of what it means to be full to be satisfied to be happy to be content and now he says not only I have learned in verse 12 I know I know, I know something. I have learned, so I know. What does he know? I know what it is to be in need. Or I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. See, that's what life is. It is not a steady state. We are brought low and then we abound. And then he says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. And then we are told, I have learned. Well, I translate it in the correct way. I have been instructed in the secret of. See, Christian life is an instruction in this secret. Secret of happiness secret of contentment I have been instructed I have been initiated into this secret who instructed me? the Lord instructed me and I was the student and I learned and I learned well and I know it God brought me to a place of independence from changing situations. I am content when I am in need. I am content when I abound. I am content when I hunger. I am content when I am filled. I am content when I am locked up. And I am content when I am set free. I'm content when I'm promoted. I'm content when I'm fired. Circumstances can do nothing to make me happy. I refuse to depend on things or people to make me happy. That is real freedom. So he says, I have learned the secret or I have been instructed in the secret of being content in any and what? Every circumstances situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want my happiness is not directly connected with situations. In fact it has no connection. Now can you say that? May God Bring us to a place where we can say with St. Paul that situations have nothing to do in terms of making me happy. Many years of following Christ. Many years in the school of Christ. Many years being instructed by Christ. And he has learned well. And now, finally, the disclosure of the secret in verse 13, which he hinted at in verse 10. I am able for all things. I am able for all things. Or, I can do all things. But in the Greek text is, I am able for all things. All things mean, when I am brought low, and when I am raised up. When I am deprived of food. And when I am given plenty of it. When people love me. And when people hate me. I am able for all things. When I am sick. And when I am healthy. and You can think about all sorts of situations and circumstances. I am able to do all things. I am able to do all things. Now he discloses the difference between him and the cynics and the stoics, between him and Socrates. They spoke about self-sufficiency. But here he discloses to you the secret of happiness. And what is it? Through him who... Infuses strength into me through Him who strengtheneth me moment by moment. So it is not self sufficiency but Savior sufficiency, Christ sufficiency, based on the vital union He has with Christ. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. When he is deprived of everything, there's one thing he is not deprived of. One thing that he can count on. When all people in Asia abandoned him, when nobody stood with him, one stood with him. And he is in prison with him, and nobody wanted to see him. When all left him, there is one who will never leave you nor forsake you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. That's a secret that he cultivated this wonderful communion with the Lord. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And this faith union with Jesus Christ means. All sufficient grace, all sufficient power, all sufficient wisdom flows into you from the vine who is Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a secret. That's a secret. And we better learn that. We better learn that. Your health is going to go. number of people have to lift you up. You cannot depend on the uncertain riches. That's going to fly away. Your spouse may walk out on you. Your kids that you cared for may abandon you and may declare that I have nothing to do with Jesus Christ or nothing to do with you and your church. Your employer may say goodbye to you. And your pension is going to be in deep trouble they will go and declare bankruptcy and the judge will throw out all the contracts that you depended on. And your pastor may prove to be a fraud that you looked at him and and you thought, at least I can depend on this one. Things change and people change and relationships change. Everything is changing. What you hoped for didn't happen. You were an athlete, now you cannot move. You are looking for a a brand new knee. This is reality. This is not a dream that will go away. So what is the key? I rejoice greatly in the Lord. And that calls for developing this relationship with the Lord on a daily basis through reading of the word and believing the word through prayer commune with him love him more than anything else in the whole world and he has a way of helping you in developing your communion with the Lord let me tell you what that is he will take away one comfort after another deprivation, and you are left with you and the Lord. You see, all distractions are gone now. And then he says, All right, let's have a conversation. How is life? What's happening? Just you and me. Hallelujah, just you and me. And all of a sudden, you discover the secret of happiness, real happiness. I am able for all things through him who strengthens. And he did strengthen him throughout his life. Remember he said, Go into all the world, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the ages. He will never leave you nor forsake you. When all leave you and forsake you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never forsake you let me read a couple of scriptures Isaiah 46 verse 4 Isaiah 46 verse 4 even to your old age and grey hairs I am he I am he who will sustain you I have made you I will carry you I will sustain you I will rescue hallelujah and let me read from the last letter which is 2nd Timothy listen to this 2nd Timothy 4 verse 16 and 17 the truth he just mentioned I am able for all things through him who strengtheneth me who is with me listen at my first defense no one came to my support now that's what happens when you depend on people if your contentment and happiness is dependent upon situations and people, this is what's going to happen. Let me tell you, reality of life. As an older person having experienced some of this, don't trust on situations and people. Verse 17, but the Lord stood at my side. Stood at my side. And what else? Gave me strength. And he stood at his side as he was led out for martyrdom and gave him strength to be martyred. And I have a suspicion he was content. In fact, he said to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said to depart is to be with Christ. To this contentment and happiness, God has called you. He's with you. He infuses into you the strength. All the grace. And he said, my grace is what? Sufficient. And you say you are weak. But when you are weak, then you are strong. Because I stand with you. And makes you strong. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us. To learn this secret. Help us not to depend on situations. Help us not to depend on fair weather. Help us not to depend on people. Help us to learn the secret so that we can say, I have learned. I have been instructed. I know. I know. I'm able for all things through him who strengtheneth me and I have learned to be content well if the Lord is with us in his presence fullness of joy on his right hand pleasures forevermore it is he who makes us happy may your people have a vital relationship with with the Lord Jesus Christ that they may learn to be happy in the Lord. This has been part four of the sermon series entitled, Faith is the Victory. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching.